I could not see the light at the end of the tunnel when I was in some of my darkest moments, forcing me to shed the version of myself that could not go where I was going. No matter how successful I was, I was numb. The version of myself that I have found, I would not have found her without the ugly invitation into the most intimate, deepest relationship with myself. And this concept means so many things to me beyond financially wealthy. Rich in community, rich in connection, rich in network, rich in health, rich in family, rich in opportunity. Welcome to the transition. Welcome to the new podcast. Welcome to the new concept. And welcome to my new life, rich in real life. So we are here for a solo episode of Rich in Real Life and I didn't have the camera crew this time, but I was like, I have to get this solo episode out to you guys because it's so necessary, especially in the time that we're in right now, where I feel like so many of you may feel this feeling like go with me if you're here. We're at the end of 2022 and you feel like there's a new version of you emerging. You're like the shit that used to matter to me doesn't matter anymore. The stuff that I care about is far more deep and layered and there's depth to it and depth to the people that I care about. And maybe the anxiety and the worry is washing away, or maybe it's gotten stronger and you are trying to figure out who you are amidst all this shit, right? And I, those of you that have listened for a long time, you know, I've been on a healing journey for the last year and a half. I've done so much work around my shadows and my patterns and my dating and my need for validation and my insecurities and just all the things that, that come with finding who you are. And I realized I found myself like using the phrases like self-development, self, self-growth, but primarily self-love over the last eight months. And there was a moment that I had at one point where I was like, when does it end? Like when it's almost like, when am I healed? Right. And I say this to you guys all the time. There's no healed with an ED. It does not like, when you are truly on a real healing journey, you know that it is literally all about submission and not the destination. You are submitting to the idea that you are an ever-evolving human being and it will get better and better and better. And you can submit to that. It is all about unlearning and uncovering constantly, never about a final, like the point of end, right? And I found myself asking like, what does it really mean? Like self-love? Like, when do you know you're in love with yourself? I know now that I was not based on my decisions for a very long time, but like, when do I know that I am? What does that mean? Like, and you know this, like it's, it doesn't mean I prioritize self-care, right? Like, oh, I go to the nail shop more. I get more massages or facials. It might be a part of it, but like, when am I there? Right. I'm on an airplane the other day. I've, I've asked myself this for a while, right? I have great epiphanies, washing dishes in the car and on airplanes. And I'm sitting on the airplane and like looking out the window and I'm just in immense gratitude. And I all of a sudden have this vision of two guys I dated ago and like something crazy that the, my ex ex said to me one time. And like, it was just this quick epiphany. And I thought to myself, why did I think that was okay? What, what in my right mind at that time in my life, which was literally 10 years ago, made me think that was okay. 
why did I not know right then that that was a red flag along with many other things and to walk away because clearly I didn't value myself. Then I thought about another situation with a previous, with my last relationship. And I thought, whoa, same thing. Signs were there. I knew. I just didn't choose me in those moments. You know, and sometimes we choose love and sometimes we choose to be avoided and sometimes we choose not to see things, whatever. But I just had this moment where I was like, the signs were there, baby girl. Signs were there. And I was like, I would never now. Like, would never. Then I started about thinking about all the things that this year I know for a fact I wouldn't do. I wouldn't accept. And it was funny because it quickly went from relationships to how I've learned to say no in my business, how I've learned to say no in dating, how I've learned to say no in the things that I put in my body, how I've learned to say no around other things so that I can prioritize my peace of mind. Like I will literally cancel meetings and or push meetings back to, because I'm excited about prioritizing my peace. I'm like, I need my morning routine. I need to go to yoga. I need to work out. I need to meditate. I need to go to hot yoga. I need to be outside. I need time to myself. And I get excited to put aside time in my day to do that because I know what it brings me. And I was like, it's so easy for me not to eat bullshit anymore because I know, I just know how it makes me feel. Like there's just all these decisions that used to I used to complain about that used to be really difficult that I felt like what was me. I was like a victim. And I was like, these things come effortless now. Like they're just natural. And then I just had this moment where I was like, oh, this is love. This is love. This is self-love. This is self-love. Because decisions and things that used to be difficult for me were all surrounded in people pleasing or societal things, right? Like it's as simple as the example of like society leads us to believe that like drinking and alcohol is a very like common, beautiful and social thing. While it is, that's not a lie. It's also very bad for your body. There's nothing about alcohol that is actually good for your body. Y'all, I still drink. Occasionally I drink. But it's like, you know better, but you do let society lead, lead you to believe otherwise, right? And I'm like, I have learned that I am now falling in love with myself because the things that I allowed myself to um, become a chameleon, right? You know, for the sake of love and attachments and being proving to people that I was worthy of their love in whatever way, relationship, friendship, or likability, I would change. I would become a chameleon, not never honoring myself. And now I'm like, oh, this is, this is true freedom. This is real, actual self-love when all of these things that used to be difficult are now effortless. And then I went back and remembered asking myself for clarity, like, what is self-love? And I'm like, yo, I know what this feels like. It's so easy for people to get on podcasts and have interviews and say like, you can't date someone. You can't, you know, you can't crave the desire for more for love more than you love yourself. You have to look inward. All these things make sense. But if you do the work, sometimes you don't know when you arrive because it's effortless. It's the equivalent of like 
I always think to every relationship I've ever broke up and I'm like dying inside and I'm heartbroken and I'm depressed and you keep asking yourself when it's going to be over. You don't wake up today and say today's the day that I'm done. You wake up one day after all the pain, all the hurt, and you're like two, three days go by and you're like, damn, I haven't even thought about that person. Damn, I hate to say it, but I don't really think that matters anymore. It just comes. And I think just like your healing journey with your desire to look inward, with your knowing of wanting more from yourself, more honoring yourself, more desire to be instead of prove and and aggress your way through things, you decide, I want to be on this self-love journey. I want to put me first. I want to honor me. But you do the work, but you don't know when you arrive. And I was sitting on the airplane. I'm like, I fucking arrived. Not that I'm done. The work must be maintained because when I when I veer off, I feel it every time. I get very masculine. I get very annoyed with myself. I get very short-tempered. I get very angry. I get very upset. I get very like not myself, a version of myself that I don't enjoy. I don't even enjoy her, but I know how to get back to her. So the work must continue. But I was like, this is freedom. I know me. I know me now in the face of anything I want. If someone made me want to make a decision against her, it would be so easy and effortless for me to be like, I got a great relationship with though. You can have that. And that, that was like, I'm here. I'm in love with me, like dangerously in love with me. So dangerously in love with me that I've had the out of control moments had them in my darkest, had my darkest moments in the darkest places. I've had plenty of dark nights of the soul. Versions of myself have emerged that I did not like. But then I learned, and they would call this in like coaching as a technical skill, is self-regulating. I've learned to self-regulate, but I've learned to embrace myself with grace when those things occur by myself. And let me tell you something. That's a dangerous ass woman right there. And I'm not saying everything has to be done alone, but when you can pull yourself out of your darkest moments with love, baby, I have learned to sit in it and be okay with my bullshit when those emotions arise and be like, this is just a cycle. This thing has to cycle through me. I have to allow it. And it doesn't change who I am. And it doesn't mean that I'm regressing. And it doesn't mean that I'm wrong. And it doesn't mean that I'm broken. It means that I am cycling an emotion that has to move from my head to my feet and through my body. And then I get to give it to God. And then I am done. And maybe it comes back, whatever. But I love myself enough to embrace myself in those moments and love me anyway. And bitch, that's dangerous. Let me tell you, because there's nothing that anyone can tell you about you. So I figured that some of you might be in this place as well, that you might be like, I'm doing all the things. I'm reading all the books. I'm going to therapy. I'm seeing a coach. I'm honoring myself. I'm taking radical responsibility. I'm doing the things that I love instead of what other people love. You may be doing all the things, but how do you know? How do you know you're getting dangerously close to self-love? And so Today, we're going to explore, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Perfect. Ten ways that you know you are getting dangerously close to loving yourself in a wildly intimate way, right? So, number one, you become playful again. You become playful again. They say the most healed people are the most playful. Healed. The most healed people are the most playful. Because they have released the idea of being someone that people admire. 
They've released the idea across the board that they need approval. And they've just said, fuck, I love me. I can't tell you how many dance parties I've had in my living room in front of people these days that my son, like, and that's not always who I was, but I remember when I was like between 10 and 16, people used to call me everybody's hype man. They'd be like, yo, Jessica will sing and dance and like type everybody up. That's always who I was. I forgot about her. I became too serious. I became a mom. I became this hardworking woman that needed to constantly prove herself. I forgot about her. You become so playful when you love yourself because you're like, I don't give a fuck what y'all think. And it's very cute and culturally relevant to not care about what people think. But this is a different, I don't care about what people think. I understand that you've got enough willpower to not care about internet trolls. Congratulations. It is tough. Pat on the back. But I'm talking about this, I love me right now so much that I'm so playful and I appreciate the moments where I get to check out and be playful, like to play with my son, to be like crazy present with my son, to play with my friends, to like, while I'm walking down the streets in the morning, when I'm walking with friends or people I know, I find myself like skipping and dancing and singing. And all I want to do is play music that makes me happy. My team meetings, I can never stay serious because I'm so damn playful with my staff. Like, I know this sounds silly, but I promise you, you are dangerously close to self-love when you become playful again, when you become a kid again, when you desire more instead of being seen and going places, you desire more to do shit that makes you feel alive and playful. Not an adrenaline rush, but playful shit. Playful. Chase playfulness. Chase stuff that makes you feel like a child again. Number two, you seclude yourself Now, I know what you're thinking. I've secluded myself in several seasons of my life. I am an extroverted introvert. I will extrovert the hell out of my life, network my ass off, be in front of everyone, go everywhere, speak in front of 200 people, and I will go, 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 and then I need to shut down because I need time by myself to like rain it all back in again and hear my own voice because I receive a lot from people. And I carry it. I like embody it. And I'm an empath. And I just like suck it all in. And I'm like, okay, where am I in all of this again? But you seclude yourself. Now, I've secluded myself in a season where I was fucking broken. And I didn't want to bleed onto other people. I was crying more than I was happy. I was like, I couldn't attend weddings. And I couldn't even embrace happy stories. Like, you know, this example, like when you, there are women out there that may struggle with becoming pregnant and they cannot have happy moments or be cheerful in the announcement of their friend's pregnancies. Just like many of us may be looking for our life partner and we cannot have joy in the moments of our friends getting engaged or married. And I get it. There's two sides to that coin. We could have, that's a whole nother episode. We could have the argument all day long. That obviously has everything to do with the individual, right? However, there was a time I secluded myself because I couldn't be that. It took so much energy for me to get up and show up that I also could not overextend myself to other people. I was a piss poor friend. I couldn't I couldn't delight in people's happy stories. I couldn't delight in people getting married, having babies. I would go every wedding I went to, I would force it because I was trying to be a supportive friend and I would cry in the bathroom. I actually remember one of my listeners running into me in a whole nother state at a wedding and she found me in the bathroom boohoo crying. And she was like, you can do this. And I appreciate her so much if you're listening, girl. Thank you. 
but I could not delight in other people because I was so hurt about my own things. So I had to seclude myself in that season because I was bleeding onto other people. But this seclusion is different. This is not the seclusion I'm talking about when you were getting dangerously uh, close to self-love is like, I would rather be dancing in my home, connecting intimately on phone calls with people I love, or just having one friend over for like a home cooked meal. And we sit on the balcony and talk over wine for hours, or I just sit outside and journal for hours. Like I delight in being by myself right now because I don't want one. I don't want my energy scattered every fucking where Two, I don't want people to be able to penetrate my energy right now because it feels like gold. It feels like gold. I feel like I can finally carry the weight I want to carry in the best way. I'm finding ways to find balance. I have really incredible people in my life. I don't want to filtrate. I don't want to filter that or water that down with a bunch of random shit. You get what I'm saying? Like everything feels so solid and so beautiful. Like I could literally cry when I think about my life right now because it is so fucking beautiful that I don't want to water it down. I will not allow it. I will not allow it. That kind of seclusion. Where like when people are like, oh, you got to be a part of this thing. Oh, I want you in this room. Oh, please come to this event. Please come to this. And I'm like, sounds like that takes away from what feels good to me. And it's a hell no. And it may be a season and it may change soon. But right now I am fuck being okay with being alone. I am overjoyed to be alone. I get excited when I have time alone. I have three days coming up in a week where I am alone. And I had someone close to me ask me if I wanted to use that time to go somewhere. And I was like, no, I want to be in my home. I want to reconnect with myself again without the noise. I want to just delight. I keep using this word because it just makes me think about how happy I am sometimes. I want to just delight in the things around me, the plants in my home. Fake ones too. Fuck y'all. Fake plants. Um, fake plants. The, the, the imagery the touch, the presence. I want to delight in the little things. I ain't worried about what y'all got going on. No offense. I wanted to delight in everything that is beautiful and get back to me. So I think another way that you know that you are dangerously getting back to self-love, like an intimate love, is you seclude yourself, but in a very different way, like the one I just explained. Number three, uh, this is how I started this story, but I think you have epiphanies or just aha moments of the version of yourself who let things slide that now clear as day show you that you did not love yourself. I have visions all the time where I'm like, what the fuck? And not like a, I'm pointing at someone and making myself a victim. No, 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 no. Because the radical responsibility in that is who I was then is exactly who attracted that person. And it was a totally appropriate then, right? I didn't know any better. I did not love myself the way I love myself now. And I accepted things and attracted things that I do not see the same anymore. So I have epiphanies all the time where I'll just remember something someone said to me or something I did that was very out of character, a time where I lost control of my emotions sometimes. Um, Not that I only sometimes do it, but sometimes that that doesn't necessarily have anything to do with your self-love journey. Or I just evolved or became a chameleon or did something in the name of someone else to just glorify the attachment. I'll give a very simple example, right? 
women, we are so good at this, right? We'll meet a man when we're looking for a life partner or we're just like committed to this goal of finding the one. And like, you know this story because your girlfriend's done this and hell, you've done it too. I've done it. Where like, I'm gonna give a dumbass example, but like I run into y'all at the mall or out and you got on a jersey. As a female, you got on a jersey and you're like, this is my team. This, the Titans, the, I don't know, I'm making this shit up, right? And you're like, girl, I've known you for 10 years and you've never watched a game of football in your life. What? Who are you? Right? Like, doesn't mean you can't support your man in that, but it's like, does that actually matter to you? I just have had so many epiphany moments where I'm like, girl, it's giving absolutely not. You were not at the center of those decisions. You, and I know there's such thing as selfish, selfish decisions, but there are also decisions that are made 100% in pleasing of others. There are 100% of the decisions that are made where you abandon yourself completely in the name of attachment to just love me, please let me do this. I don't care. This doesn't require much of me. It's not who I am. We don't even think about that. We're just like, let me do this because this person will love me more and I'm willing to earn it. Right but you were not at the center of those decisions. And I have epiphanies all the time about decisions I made where I'm like, girl, you were not at the center of those decisions. It's giving absolutely not. You did not love yourself. That was a version of yourself that you let things slide because of love for, from someone else. Validation from someone else, not yourself. So that's number three. Number four, I think we talked about this in a little way but presence trumps all things. Like presence trumps all things. Presence, intimate presence trumps all things. I know I'm dangerously self, I'm dangerously close to self-love because I'm in love with everything else. I'm in love with everything around me, like in love, like the, the leaves, the color of the sky, the sidewalk, my shoes, Like I don't need much when I'm crazy in love with myself because I'm in love with every fucking thing. People, I will meet someone on the elevator and be like, oh, what a beautiful spirit. Like that was such a great conversation. Like I can't wait to see that person again. It's almost giddy. My best friend and I joke all the time about how sometimes we think we created this oasis that we don't deserve because everything around us is just so beautiful. And it's like, what the fuck? And it's seasons. Don't get me wrong. I have some seasons where I'm like, Jess, check yourself. You've been angry for a long time. Jess, uh, figure it out because this is not who you are. You don't even like this version of yourself and no way in hell, no reason in hell other people should either. Right. We have those seasons, but I love when I come back to these seasons of where like, I'm just like, I can't wait to put my fucking earphones in and dance to music that makes me happy. That is upbeat that I can walk in the morning that I can see the water, that I can breathe fresh air, that I can travel by myself, that I can have a great conversation with someone on an airplane, when I can have time to journal, when I have time to have a long conversation with my mother, when I walk outside and I'm just looking at the skyline and I'm like, God loves me. This is like when I see beautiful things, I'm like, this is God's way of showing me he loves me. I swear. And it's not, it's the way I feel when I see it. You don't need much when you're dangerously close to loving yourself because the love that you have penetrates through all things, through all people, through nature, through presence, through connections. Like I can find so much happiness and intimate connections and presence with other people. 
you know you're dangerously close to loving yourself when presence trumps all things. Presence. Another way that you know you're dangerously close to self-love, and I'm being very careful with this one because I'm not a coach around this, but to me, the self-awareness of knowing and trusting my body has been wild this year, especially the last six months. Like if you guys have been following me for a while, you know, in 2021, I lost like 35 pounds and the ability to keep it off. And I fluctuate a little bit between like, I I go up and down like 10 pounds. I go from like, my lowest was 160. I go up to 170. I, I dance around 171, 172. When I'm in a great place, a great spirit, I get back down between 160 and 170. I used to cry every day because I could not keep the weight off years ago, like four years ago. Now it is fucking effortless because I love, and it's not, this is not, I got to say this lightly, but like, I'm going to say I love to work out and not go to the gym five days a week. Not that kind of love to work out. I love to be outside. I love to take long ass fast, brisk walks by myself. I love to go in the morning and exert all my energy on a staircase and then come back and work. I love to eat well for the most part. doesn't mean I don't cheat, but I love to eat well because I like the way it makes my body feel most of the time. And the knowing of my body, even not even the weight loss portion, but like that intuitive eating side where I love what I eat, love what I eat. But on top of that, I can always tell in my physical body first when something is wrong. So I know that if the middle of my back starts to pain me and I feel my muscles tense up in the very middle of my back, right around my spine, I'm struggling to release something or I may be experiencing some level of anxiety. I immediately can feel it. And then I'm like, what? And the old me is like, where do I run to? Who do I tell? What doctor do I go see? What medicine do I need to take? The new me is like, what yoga class can I run to? Where can I find an hour in my schedule to run outside and meditate and journal? Where can I run to to release this? Like, do I have time to go get a massage? Do I have time to connect with somebody that I love? Do I have time to go walk the water and breathe? I run to these other outlets that I know can get me through this. Like what is the the book, um, The Body Keeps Score? Your body is a high tail sign that there's something going on in your mind that you are having a hard time releasing immediately when something's wrong to my body, wrong with my body, I can feel it. If I lack sleep, if I'm anxious, if I'm nervous, if I'm, my stomach is bad for a couple of days, I'm like, what the fuck is going on? It is something personal. You know, your body, like I can literally almost tell in my body now, even when I'm like drinking too much caffeine, it shows up in like my, um, my fingertips or I have twitches and I'm just like, I know my body. As soon as something goes off, I'm like, "Mm -hmm. okay, time to look in the mirror. Time to look at myself. You're doing something. You're doing too much of something. You're doing something wrong. You're not centered. You're not doing your morning routine. You're not giving yourself enough love. Go back to the foundational stuff. Go back. So I really think you know you're getting dangerously close to self-love when you know your body. You're wildly aware of your body and what it experiences because it is... The first thing that feels, sometimes before you do, another way you know that you are getting dangerously close to self-love, you trust yourself and your intuition ruthlessly, ruthlessly. Listen, if you're a mom, 
you've met that version of you before. You've met your intuition before because we have it and it's wild. We're nurturers in our spirit. We know what it's like to be intuitive. Sometimes we've just been taught to ignore it. But if you're a mom, you know it because you're like, my child's acting funny. What's wrong with my baby? Three, three hours later, they throw up, right? You're like, something's wrong with my baby. Like I know, or I can hear it, or he's been too quiet. I know something's going on. Or you're like, I had a weird feeling today. And then you get a phone call from their school. Like we are fucking intuitive. You hear me? Don't deny it. We are. I think you're dangerously close to self-love when you finally start to trust it. My trust in myself right now is wild to the point where I have friends that are like, are you a witch? Like it's a joke, but they're like, you're a fucking witch. Like I will literally start talking about someone and they will appear. I will start, I will delight in like doing some research on someone that I've heard about because I'm like very impressed with their work. And then they will call me. Like it is so, I'm almost like as soon as things come down, I'm like, oh, is this coming? Like, this isn't a dream anymore. This isn't an idea. This is, oh, it's coming. It's, it's part of, it's, it's about to become part of my life. And I have not been wrong yet. Like when you trust yourself, because you've practiced keeping your promises and you're, you trust your intuition ruthlessly, holy shit. That's when we learn we're magical human beings. And I'm not going to go on a whim on that, but like, you know, your magic, you know it, you know that, you know, that, you know, you have a space in this world where you're supposed to make a mark. And anytime you've tiptoed in and out, you lack clarity at those times, but every now and then you lean fully into it. The same way you lean fully into falling in love, you lean fully into that thing and you feel yourself take up the space. And when you feel yourself take up the space, a lot of times people will back away because it's fucking scary. Something that is really meant you're called to do is scary. But when you trust yourself in those moments, baby, let me tell you something. You will evolve quicker than quick, quicker than quick. And just learning that my ability in that space. Look here. Listen. Dangerous. Dangerously close to self-love. So when you learn to trust yourself and your intuition ruthlessly, I think you're dangerously close to self-love. Another, and this is just like a byproduct of all of these things. You know this. You attract higher things, period. You attract higher things. You know you love yourself and you're choosing yourself and you're falling in love with no and you're setting good boundaries and you're really being centered around yourself when you attract higher things effortlessly. Y'all know what I'm talking about. When you stop trying to force a uh, square into a circle and then two weeks later, five days later, it happens anyway. When you stopped begging and started praying and just sat back and said, whatever I'm supposed to have will be, you were waiting on the promise and you let it be. And then it came or there's versions of you. There's versions of things you think you deserve and you're hand delivered on a silver platter, things that are even better. You, you attract higher people, you attract higher things, you attract better opportunities, you attract a better network. People just fall effortlessly into your life because you are vibrating at a higher frequency. And so boom, they see you, they see you. And it is incredible. And I have moments still recently where I'm like, I'll tell people, 
the things that I am attracting in my life right now effortlessly that are just falling in my lap, I have momentum that I have to run with because I know this is all happening for a reason. And people will be like, no, you're getting what you attracted. You're getting what you deserve. This is the space that you showed up in ruthlessly, effortlessly, unapologetically. People finally see you consistently. Don't get me started on consistently because I could do a whole show on that and mess everybody up. Nobody wants to sit in stuff as long as like it actually takes. Um, but you attract higher things and you know it. And it's not by accident. It's by design because you finally decided to vibrate at a higher frequency by doing all of these things, choosing you, honoring you, not, not being a chameleon, not changing for other people, but changing for your own sake. Another way I think you get dangerously close to self-love is you, this is like my favorite, you stop treating other people better than you treat yourself. And you know what the hell I'm talking about. From the fact that you'll work all day and won't feed yourself, but you'll feed your man. The fact that you will not bathe for two days. (laughs) That's funny. You will not bathe for two days because you are so busy taking care of your kids. And I don't care what the hell you say. Every mom has done it before because your babies are sick and you're taking them to the hospital and you're doing this and you're doing that. And you look up and you're like, shit, I didn't even take a bath, but I, but I made sure both my kids were clean. I made sure my baby was clean. I made sure I cleaned up the throw up. I did this. I did that. The house is clean, but I'm not. You stop treating other people better than you treat yourself. And that even that even arises in your decision making, in the way that you feed yourself, in the way that you treat your body, in the way that you clothe yourself, in the way that like it is wild. And it's almost like you stop thinking that you deserve something if and when you earn it, you just demand it. You're like, I will have what I want. I'll take people with me. I'll share. But I will not treat you better than I treat myself. I will put myself first right now. Maybe it's in pleasure. Maybe it's in peace. But you put yourself first. You stop fucking around with that like people pleasing, thinking that if I put someone else first, and I get we have to put our kids first, but that people pleasing, if I put these people first, they'll love me more. Ain't nobody about to show up for you like you. And so you start going, oh, well, when I do that and realize I deserve more right now, I give myself more. When I give myself more, I honor myself. When I honor myself, I vibrate at a higher frequency. When I vibrate at a higher frequency, I attract better people. I attract better people. I experience more peace because they don't complain a lot. They're at my level. They don't, they don't try to take anything from me. They just try to share the wealth and the knowledge and the love and the peace. Well, now that I've attracted better people and I'm vibrating at a higher frequency and I have more peace and I've created my own oasis, things seem easier. Making money seems more easier. Building great connections seems easier. You know, finding love in places where people that actually align with me seem easier. It's literally wild. And it all starts with you choosing you. All of it starts with choosing. And while I could do so many more of these, this is just like a preview. I think there's two more. I think you're dangerously close in love with yourself when you don't care about anyone's emotional appraisal of you. It doesn't change anything. You don't freak out. You don't try to change everything about yourself anymore. Like I think to a year ago, even if someone was like, you are angry 
you are depressed. You are broken. You are this. I would have probably been up in arms trying to change that visual in someone else's mind. Now your emotional appraisal of me, even if you caught me in a fucking breakdown, I could care less because I so clearly know who I am. I know that maybe I'll break down here and there because I'm burned out. I know I'll break down here and there because maybe I'm still releasing layers of grieving layers of parts of me that are still sad about certain things. I know that I may be grieving because I feel guilt or shame around something that I'm still carrying. But your emotional appraisal of me will never, I'll never allow it to label me anymore. It will not label me. It just becomes more of an attendee. Like, here, you can sit in the front seat and you can put the seatbelt on and you can join me. Yes, I know I got a shadow. I know I got a dark side of me. I know you've seen me get short-tempered and angry. I am not her all the time. I am her every now and then. And I know how to regulate and I know how to love her with grace. Your emotional appraisal of me does not matter anymore. Sorry. And I think one of the last on this list for us today of ways you know that you are dangerously getting close to a really intimate and in love relationship with yourself is you learn to live with an open hand. You don't do things for clout. You don't do things for other people for anything in return. And even the sake when you are betrayed, which has been one of my hardest lessons, is there's nothing I need to do. We have all experienced giving our time, our love, and our our intimate stories, our vulnerability to people that we thought would be around forever. And for whatever reason, you know them, they're not. They're not anymore. They thought you thought they were your forever friends or partners. And right now they're not. And you feel betrayed and you feel like how dare them. And you feel like you want them to feel the same pain that you have at times when you get angry or upset, but you start to learn to just live with an open hand. Like, okay, I gave my time to that person. I gave my love to that person. I may have spent money on that person. I may have given more of me to that person. Some of you might be listening to this and have left a relationship where you felt you gave a person more of you than you did your own kids. And you're like feeling shame and guilt from that. And then you're like, nope, what a beautiful lesson. I gave a lot of me to that person. They're lucky. I'm lucky too. But they don't need to know that. I just need to know that. I can give openly. And I'm going to give the age old example. You guys know how happy, how fucking happy does it make you when you are in a rush to work, you are angry, you are irritable on a Monday morning and you are trying to get your Starbucks coffee and you're like, just come on already with this line, like Jesus. And you get to the thing and they're like, Hey, someone paid for your order, which by the way, I've heard behind the scenes, this is a Starbucks thing. It is literally not, uh, the drivers, it's Starbucks that does that, um, which is great because it literally like drops happiness into your life and literally your irritability and your short temperedness and your anger just washes away for a moment because you're like, somebody just gave to me and will never get it back. Somebody gave to me and doesn't know me. They don't know my situation. They don't know that I probably don't deserve this or they feel like for whatever reason I deserve this and I'm a complete stranger. And you're like, huh. And then you want to do it for somebody else. 
which is how they start the chain, by the way. And you're like, let me give to somebody else. And I know I'll never get it back. If I believe in karma, I will, of course. But I just want to do it. I want to make someone else feel like how I feel right now. And simple example, but living with an open hand. I know you're dangerously close to self-love. I knew I was dangerously close to self-love when I didn't need revenge or a return envelope on anything that I gave. Love, friendship, time, money, connection. You find yourself even like when you're friends, like I've had friends that are like, yo, you're not upset. You did this, this, and this for this person. And I'm like, no, glad they got to experience it. Amen. Like, amen. Now I've had to pull myself out of that position before too, where I've been like upset about relationships. And I'm like, this person doesn't know how much I gave to them and they don't care. Not if you're living with an open hand. We don't love, I mean, we do love with the intent to be seen and heard and understood, right? We do love sometimes for validation. We do love for all the wrong reasons. But we don't give or love with the intentionality to get it in return. We do it because we love to see how we can make people feel. We love it. Because it makes you feel good when you make people feel good, doesn't it? So you learn to live with an open hand. I don't need anything in return. I love this life enough to share it with other people in whatever way is suitable. I just want, as you're listening to this episode, to just put the disclaimer out there that like nothing about my life is perfect. It has been one hell of a journey over the last year and a half. Um, I think I had moments where I didn't like myself more than I did. But I've entered a season that is so beautiful. And I think it was very little about what has changed and more about my perspective changing. And I just noticed on that airplane in that moment that I was like, you are dangerously close, close to loving yourself because your decisions are different. Your presence is different. The way you honor yourself is different. The way you see yourself is different. The choices you make the partners you choose to connect yourself with, the way you filter through people in life right now, the promise that you've made not to water beautiful things down because of other people's sake, and the way that you know when something is going on in your body is screaming, and the way that you are feeling or craving for something, that it's not a call to ask someone to fill it for you. It's a call to give it to yourself. And I use the word dangerous because when a woman feels this way about herself, she's dangerous to society. She's dangerous because she doesn't conform. She doesn't fold. She doesn't change a bit about who she is. She's patient. She's understanding. She is love. She's centered. And when you're really close to it, you're even more feminine than you think you ever could be. It's wild. So I hope if you're on your self-love journey, this makes sense. That you can relish and delight in things of life, like playing again and pleasure 
and peace and happiness and great connections and just life that is already around us that doesn't need another thing from you other than your you loving yourself so much that you can't unsee what already exists around you. I love you guys. I hope this this individual time with you and I was special. I hope this helped you in some type of way. And I hope that you continue your, your journey of being rich in real life by committing to getting closer and closer to being dangerously in love with yourself. All right. Sending y'all love. Talk to you soon.